Hi, Gemstones, and welcome to another episode of Blurg. Yay. Today we're talking about the 14th episode of season one, known as the C word. And <laughs> unfortunately, it is exactly the C word that you're thinking of. Ooh. So despite using the one word that my mom cannot tolerate, um, we also have some difficulties in other realms of the 30 Rock world. Jack tries to use Tracy as a means to get to Don Geis, and Tracy uses that opportunity to question the amount of black people in NBC. Needless to say, it does not go well. But we do get some fun stereotyping that haunts 30 Rock for the most of its run. What is this, Horseville? Because I am surrounded by naysayers! We are lovers. Oh, that word bums me out, unless it's between the words meat and pizza. Live every week like a shark week. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry, Liz. I'm so sorry. I thought I turned it off. No, Tufer, take the call. <laughs> Come on. This isn't Hitler's bunker. That would make me Hitler. What? This is the new me. Do you like the new me? And before you answer, Super Bowl! Oh, yeah. <laughs> what a fun boss you have, right? Julie, why do you hate this episode so much? <laughs> well, after watching it 37 times, I don't hate it as much as I thought I did. <laughs> well, you've got, Sein- you've got Seinfeld Vision Stockholm Syndrome now, where uh, you've been with it too much that you just love that episode. Pretty much. Now it's my favorite. C-word, yeah! <laughs> um... <laughs> Interestingly, I looked at the IMDb ratings, and it's rated better than your favorite episode, or one of them, where we meet Dennis for the first time. Well, this time we're going to meet Don Geist for the first time, played by the amazing Rip Torn with a troubled life and many wives and a couple arrests and (laughs) held up inside a bank where he said it was his apartment with a gun, (laughs) but it wasn't, so... What a wild guy. There are great things in this episode. There are some really... Let's talk about him. What are your let's... favorite things from this episode? <laughs> um, well, let's just start out with the opening scene. And Tracy walks into Jack's office and says, Is this about that little redhead intern? Because she asked me to take it out. So what do we think it was? I assume her IUD. Oh, boy. That's... <laughs> I mean, immediately I went to tampon and then I was like, ew. Then I was like, maybe belly button ring, nose ring. I don't know. IUD you need a doctor for. <laughs> yeah, I was like, he was, he put you on one of those. can't just be home removals of the IUD. That's, you know, <laughs> he put on his like equine <laughs> semination gloves that went all the way up to his shoulder and dug in. No, I think it was, it was probably a diva cup is what I, I would assume. Huh. So, but what do you think <laughs> they really meant? What it is good for. Absolutely, absolutely nothing. nothing. But what do you think they meant? They couldn't have meant something super gross like that. Do you think? No, I think it was like a tongue-in-cheek sort of... Or tongue ring, up, something? Yeah, I ended up in a compromising position, and then here's what I'm going to say, where it's like, LOL, Tracy is still a womanizer to the best of our knowledge, even though we find out later that perhaps that's not true. Well, once he gets a different wife, played by Sherry Shepard, it's a whole new ball game. In just a second, when Jack shows her the painting that he did of Don Geist, um, <laughs> and then he sits there sipping and starts singing Simply the Best, I'm like, oh, oh I'm sorry, that song is now owned by Schitt's Creek, and... <laughs> You might have done it first, but you didn't do it better. And that was exciting. They said on the IMDb notes that when she asks him about the painting, when she says, which one is Don? Is he the bald one? She's trying to say Baldwin, like Alec Baldwin. When she said, oh, Don Geist, is he the bald one? Is he the bald one? 
fun. We love almost homonyms. They're cute. Into them. I love and anything then, that starts with homo, you know? <laughs> then there's all the double entendre about being in foursomes and <laughs> spending the day together. Did we just teleport to the Sen? Because that was, that made me feel some type of way. And it's not just, uh, just really uh, well, trying so, to taper you know, off. I do love, you know, the view is my jam. And whenever Sunny Hostin goes in from news reporter to arroz con pollo, it just makes me happy. I love when people turn that accent on. I'm like, yes. Amazing. And then we go into the writer's room where Frank is wearing a million points hat, which I don't really get. And um, Lutz is talking about America's Next Hobo or Dancing with the Hobo, Hobo for the Straight Guy, Deal or No Hobo. Yeah, Project um, Hobo would be great. Oh my God. Project, Project Hobo. Hobo. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I mean, so then she yells at Lutz and says, you know, why don't you have the same creativity and excitement as you for an all you need cup of eat buffet? Burn. <laughs> So Pete's getting the interns ready to work at the charity event, and Kenneth and Grace Parker are paired together. Kenneth explains Which, they have a pass, a romantic pass. Flashback to sure kissing him on the cheek. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't know about Kenneth with a woman. I don't appreciate it. Well, he's also with a man in this episode-ish, so. Well, ish. Um... Grace Park, I recognize from House. She was on the dwindling years there. That was terrible. She's been. She was in um, Super Bad or one of the Bads or something yeah. where they're smoking weed, um, and she was good in that. So. <laughs> <laughs> he cracks me up. I don't really know. You know, we think Kenneth is immortal. Maybe he's bisexual, pansexual, not real. You know, because he definitely is hitting on Grace Park in this episode. He comes on really hard and strong and tells her how much he likes her. Earrings. <laughs> Seriously. Aggressive. And we're only Jog- one episode since he licked Suri's face. Oh, why? <laughs> I just don't Emma, just saying, Kenneth is clearly a sexual being. <laughs> uh, second Yikes. gag of the episode and not in a good way. Come on, Runty. Was that Weird. not it? Because I hated that part. Come on, oh. Runty. Let's get sickening. <laughs> Um, but then you're skipping over my favorite way that Kenneth pronounces the Diabetes Foundation. I don't know why he says it that way, but he does. I was assuming it was like T's for golf tees, like diabetes. Wow, that's the second one to go right over my head today. I know everything about Golden Crow, but I totally missed the episode. <laughs> I don't know. Though. Can you make the bird call that he was going to make when Don arrives? Woo! <laughs> See, I have a very talented tongue, and it is... Third gag of the episode. <laughs> no, it is very thick, and so often I gag on Aww. it. Yeah, like that. Thanks, Emma. Okay, so... But I just have to say that Jack uh, McBrayer reminds me of me when he's like, I can do this bird call when Don Geist shows up, and uh, Jack is like, you know, you don't have to do that, and he's like, I'll probably just do it. That's pretty much me. People are always like, you don't have to do that. I'm like, I, I just want to. So I just <laughs> So, that reminded me of myself. <laughs> so now we're doing another Aaron, Aaron Sorkin walk and talk with Liz and Pete. Correct. And they're being very serious about the cold open and how we pulled it together. <laughs> and then they're like, should that fart be live? Or if you're, oh, definitely live. I was thinking the same thing. So back comes Rachel Dratch in another sad, homely character that they're letting her play after taking away the lead and giving it to, what's her face? Jenna. <laughs> this is a very light Jenna episode. 
You're right. I should have liked it more. Thank you. This cat's a really good at uh, sensing debilitating loneliness in people. <laughs> you want to adopt one? <laughs> <laughs> was that just because it felt like an attack? Because I felt attacked. Because I was like, I do want a dog right now. Um, I know. I'm we really late. do want a dog. I know. Yeah. We really yeah. do want a dog. Yeah. That will definitely be a cliffhanger, unless we get one. <laughs> uh, and then she says she can't adopt one because she's allergic to anything warm and adorable. I totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> Then the comes your favorite part. Lutz is talking to Twofer and... That's not my favorite part. I was just well, you get to yell out your thing and he says, I don't care if she is my boss. She's such a... Runt! <laughs> runt! Come on, runt. Let's get sickening. <laughs> Come through, runty. No? Marrying our worlds. <laughs> um, I think that what Lutz said was a compliment in some ways because she was a grade A runt. Not run-of-the-mill runt. Not, you know, just par for the course, milk toast runt. She was high-quality runtish. I'm guessing that you read that uh, this is a real-life situation that happened to her on SNL, that somebody in the staff called her a runt, and it ended up being Colin Quinn. And really? She, yeah, so that's why she... That's the inspiration for this episode. Fuck Colin Quinn. I do, like... You're, I love you're that like, whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna name you Runty. Um, and they're just waiting in on that. They super belabored the runt portion. You raging little runt. Come on, runty. It's just like, come on, runty. I swear we shall be fired from this show. And that, I'm speaking to myself because I think we're going to have to find a replacement <laughs> after this episode. Next, we get to one of my favorite parts of the episode, which is just, I love a montage in any situation. If you put... We need a montage. If you put moderately affecting music or like a slightly confronting scene to strings or violins, I will be weeping. Not really, because I do think I have a broken lacrimal gland, but like I will feel an emotional connection. And when we have the montage of her just being an absolute bitch to her employees, <laughs> so much fun. The show is already super quick, but I love to have just like quibby style, um, five second humor and done. My favorite one was Sherlock Homo's here to solve the case of the gay sweater. <laughs> and they're watching the countdown. She's like, watching this isn't going to get us out of here any sooner. She's like, you're right. I am a... Runt! Runt! Yeah. I mean, it was just... Uh, I mean, I can see how on paper it would be like, oh my God, man, this is super fun. It's going to be hilarious. And it was like... I don't know. It just wasn't that well crafted. It was a little on the nose. And I just feel super bad for Rachel Dratch whenever she's on my screen. Yes. I just, I'm like, sweetie, no. When I saw her in Hurricane Bianca, I was like, you could have been a star. <laughs> so we go back to the potential intense six-hour foursome on the golf course, which typically I'm super into this homoerotic <laughs> stuff where Jack is just like, I'm a daddy, I'm a bear, I'm a daddy bear. But this time was just like, all right, it's a little belabored. We're using it again and again, and I don't know. It didn't hit the spot that I wanted it to. No, but... State. Because I watch it with the closed captioning now to make sure I don't miss anything, I the fourth time through, I saw a line I'd never seen before. Tracy Jordan's talking to those women and says, you know, the army's been messing with the sun. That's why I keep my junk covered. Once that stuff gets in your hang, you're done. I'm like, in your hang? Okay. <laughs> I mean, what hangs? Your wang. It's intense. And I did like earlier when he's talking to the aviation guy and he's like, I don't want to fly in the plane. I want to blow it up and walk away real slowly. <laughs> And they're like, okay. He's like, I'm not joking. <laughs> I am whoever you say I am. If it wasn't, I'm delightful. That is one of my favorite and most quoted lines that I use, as if it was my own joke. Um, 
So there's that. Which part? Just saying I'm delightful? Yeah. When someone says nice to meet you, you're like, I know, I'm delightful. I'm delightful. No, when someone like laughs at a joke I tell on occasion when I tell those, and I'm like, thanks, I'm delightful. And they're like, oh, we're never seeing you again because that's quite off-putting. We continue so we- with some slight homoeroticism when Jack and Diane, just kidding, Jack and Don are on our screens together for the first time interacting corporeally and not with a painting. And Don says, oh, hair like a Viking. God bless you. So, I mean, at GE, there's like, there's a lot of respect for the male form, which I appreciate, where it's just like, you know, men on men compliments should be a thing, which is like, hey, bro, nice shoes. Hey, dude, nice dick. We should normalize (laughs) these type of things. So then Don says to Tracy, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. My grandkids love you. Thank you for supporting diabetes. Um, And then he says about Jack, you spent so much time in the sand. His name should be Fallujah. That's not funny. But Tracy Jordan did say, that's humorous. Um, so he was really, he was really trying. Um, but no, that wasn't funny. I preferred the immediately preceding line where um, Tracy was like, hey, I feel you. Messed up sugar runs in my family too. <laughs> Which is what I'm calling diabetes from now on. Yes. And then he's like, that's funny. Why aren't there more black people? Can't they make light bulbs? <laughs> Then Don says they have an award-winning diversity program. Which, How come like, it's just me and Carlton? <laughs> <laughs> and then Jack tries to defuse the situation by being like, which is from Fresh Prince and Bel-Air, which aired on our network, NBC. So uh, that's fun. Yeah, I mean, he needed to call it out. That is such a corporation response, which is like, yes, we have an award-winning diversity program. We gave ourselves the award. We just put some uh, palm frond fig leaves around it to make it look official and just wrote... We're good at diversity. Couldn't be any truer right now. His name's Francis Collier, and he's a lawyer. Don is pissed and walks away. Somebody rained on his white privilege parade. Wait, wait. <laughs> you know, he just wanted to have some golf with a black person, pretend that that meant that he was an activist and anti-racist, and Tracy was like, mm, I'm He just wanted them. to be entertained. Yeah, he wanted, he wanted the black guy to just be a funny black guy and say funny black things. And Tracy is like, you know what? Sure. I'll put on your little minstrel show. Get me some. Should we not say that? No, it's fine. Get me a Mustang melon and a bag of barbecue potato chips. I had never heard of Mustang melon. I did not know it was a malt liqueur. Did you? Mm -mm. No, it had the sense of it. I didn't even know he said Mustang. I just heard melon. And I was like. Comes in a 40 ounce bottle. Looks amazing. So (laughs) you researched the hell out of this episode. Right. Like, so, you know, when they're like, when something bad happens, do you run towards it or run away? I run right to it. I got to, I got to find out everything I can about every minute of this episode. I'm going to be the expert on the thing I can't stand. That's adorable. I run away. Hardcore. I think that's the better plan. (laughs) Um, so then this part is awesome when Liz uh, makes cupcakes for everybody with melted mini candy bars in the middle. And he's like, are you trying to be nice? She's like, I'm not trying. I am nice, you balding gangling. I mean, I, I am trying. <laughs> so Liz, so, so self-aware mean. and not self-aware. And I just love it. She's just trying. She's just trying. So then we're back at the golf tournament and they are, uh, they're both pissed. Tracy's pissed. Jack is pissed. Kenneth we are is not there, behaving well. Just doing oh God, his poor thing. Kenneth! Oh. <laughs> Ted, leave him alone. Kenneth says he studied um, TV theory at Kentucky Mountain Bible College, which is not true because Kentucky Mountain Bible College doesn't offer TV theory. I looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> it 
it is Jesus two and a half Christ. hours away from where we live. It's in Jackson, Kentucky. Uh, 77% of their students enter the clergy. They have a six to one teacher to student ratio and an average of $7,500 per semester. That's amazing. Anyway, no all TV right, theory. All right, Hermione Granger. <laughs> dear God. <laughs> But I want to say something to all of you. I am the boss here, and sometimes that's going to make me unpopular. But the point is, I know what you called me, Lutz. Oh, I'm sorry that I said that. Please don't make me move back to Alaska, Liz. I hate it there. You can stay. But if you ever... If any of you ever call me that horrible word again, I will fire you, and you will never alter drapes in Atlanta again, because you do not cross a sugar baker woman! So Tracy's continuing his, like, step and fetch it. He's totally pissed off. He's trying to embarrass Jack, and he says, you know, I'm, I'm black, I may be poor, but I'm here. And I was like, what is that from? It's from the color purple. Oh Have you guys gosh. seen that? <laughs> no. Good God. Who are I'm, you? I don't know. Bad. So people. Whoopi Goldberg is, is Miss Seely, and she has been tortured by Danny Glover her entire life. He's sadistic, awful. She's been taken away from her sister. She's been with him forever. She had chances to kill him. She doesn't take it. He is the worst to her. And this is the very end. And I'm queer. <laughs> so she goes off, but that is the exact line that he brings up. It's so cool. <laughs> My research indicated that that came from the color purple, which it didn't. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Trooper's phone goes off and everyone freezes as if Mr. is back from the color purple and going to beat everyone. But she's like, this isn't Hild Hitler's bunker. That would, that would make me Hitler. This is the new me. Don't you like the new me? Before you answer, Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> George, Tracy, and Jack are fighting, and he's like, I dropped tooth proms. I don't care about Don Guy. So I'm a movie star. And then Jack goes in hard, and he's like, What'd you tell the president of WB? He's like, He could suck it. What'd you tell the Paramount? She could kiss my delicious ass. And now none of them are talking to him at all. It's terrible. But appropriate, considering. Ted, who's best known for using a corporate credit card at a gay strip club. Sorry, Amanda, you were behind to find out eventually. <laughs> And he's over, like, spooning Kenneth, trying to help him with his golf swing. <laughs> Poor Kenneth. Uh, Why are gay men so attracted to Kenneth? Is he a twink? He seems a little big to be a twink. Wow. Truth bomb. I'm just so, asking the expert. Uh, no, I think expert. it's his, his lack of chin. All right, so we go back. New Nice Liz is getting... Hello, taking advantage of, and everyone's just like, I have to see Mamma Mia before it closes. Or if I thought I left my coffee maker on, I definitely wouldn't be able to focus. <laughs> what what kind of sinus stuff? Yeah, just some weird sinus stuff. So everyone goes home because they walk all over her, which may be fine in a certain type of massage parlor, but certainly not in corporate America workplace. And um, Pete comes up and is like, You think Jack Donaghy sits up there and worries if? People are saying bad things about him. No, you do your job. And um, you try to be as tactful as possible, but occasionally you have to like hold people to the line. You know? And can I borrow 60 bucks? Because I'm going to meet uh, <laughs> Lutz and Frank at scores. Uh, Which I'm guessing she gives him, don't you think? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she absolutely was reaching into her wallet. <laughs> yeah, that was for <laughs> sure a lot happening. of money. <laughs> then Tracy mulls over and the scene change, exactly what Jack Donaghy says, comes to the conclusion that, yes, he is no longer a movie star because of his curmudgeonly attitude and propensity to call very important people shitty names. And then invents a daughter named Shahida, um, who, just to paint a picture, had chubby arms and legs and a big bald head. Um, (laughs) Some might say she even looked like his uncle Rupert in a diaper. By the time she was five, she was 87 pounds, um, which was the weight I was at 18 (laughs) <laughs> oh, uh. back to Nick's anorexia. <laughs> so he paints this entire picture, which is very well crafted, super well done. Um, and we learn that Shahida gets mad sick. And Tracy. You're skipping over important details. He remembers what night it was because it was the night before Easter. And they stayed up all night watching Bible movies and eating fiddle faddle. <laughs> and then on Easter Sunday, she threw up right in the middle of the Jaguar dealership. Because who doesn't go to the Jaguar dealership on Easter Sunday? Naturally. What? You get the best deals, man. okay sorry continue no you go ahead he carries her all the way down to St. Luke's Roosevelt and the doctor said she had diabetes and he gets very upset because he thinks he caused them because of his ignorance about nutrition oh my god leaning into it in a different way hold please type 1 juvenile diabetes is different than type 2 diabetes correct correct so we're thinking she has type 2 because he says and there's no cure there's not a cure for... Well, I mean, I guess type there 2 There is diabetes. a cure for type 2 diabetes. Yeah, if yeah. you change your diet I think behaviors. it's type 1. Well, but then it doesn't make any sense with the weight. You can be a skinny kid with type 1 diabetes. Anyway, I'm just saying it's not factual. Moving on. <laughs> well, well, as we learned soon, maybe the whole story wasn't factual. <laughs> what? I know, but the people in the room should know about diabetes since it's the Diabetes Foundation. I can't believe I didn't get that joke with the T's. That's <laughs> I know. That is I disappointing. Didn't, I didn't see it either. <laughs> It's disappointing. I'm going to have to Very sit with that one for a while. Uh, I don't think anyone's trying to fact check Tracy Morgan. <laughs> no. It was a very moving story. I was right there with him. Mm-hmm. He performed it great. And he's like, Tracy, when we get back, bring Tracy to the vineyard next weekend. We'll talk about you getting you back in the movie business. And then he looks at Jack and he goes, yeah, I, I don't have a daughter. We'll have a casting session on Monday. No worries. <laughs> Then we have an awkward uh, Grace and Kenneth in the coat room where they just (laughs) tragically mess up all the lines from Jerry Maguire. Nick, would you like to play uh, Grace or Kenneth? Oh, gosh. I think you do a better Kenneth. Um. Grace, you make me, as I said in in the words of Mr. Jerry Maguire, you make me a complete person. When you said hello... You had me. Wow, those are both terrible. And then Don's wife needs her sweater. <laughs> My wife needs her sweater. Ow. And then he knocks down poor Grace Park. So maybe the reason you don't like this is because it literally just quotes 18 different shows and movies. Because we go back into designing women um, after Liz was staying up all night rewriting The Amazing Hobo. And her staff comes in basically under the pretense that Liz is going to bake again. And... Um, she kind of freaks out a little bit, but in an appropriate way. Yeah, she gets into it. Well, first she's in the bathroom brushing her teeth and cleaning herself up. And then in walks Jack, and she's obviously had no sleep. She's like, get out of here. And he's like, this is the men's room. She's like, ah, which I know that feeling. 
So obviously designing women marathons are super prevalent, occur often, and we get a little taste of that when Liz was watching one particular episode at 3, and when it came back on at 5.30, she taped it. And in the cutback, we see her struggling with technology and not aware of what aux or input. What's the aux for? (laughs) Which tickled me. I was a former AV technical nerd, and um, it put me through college. Didn't finish college, but it put me through the part that I did. Well, and for all of you little people out there, that was what we call a VCR, a video cassette recorder that they're trying to play it on. Oh my we used God. to have these giant tapes that you had to shove into a machine. You are too Red. young for this, man. World weary. Now, here comes the worst part of the episode, which is the sugar baker nonsense yeah. that they play that is not the right one. Now, have you guys ever been to a um, drag show where someone does... This performance? Mm-mm. Well, no. you're about to be, mother truckers. <laughs> <laughs> Sit back and enjoy. I'm not going to do it. We'll have the actual Julia Sugarbaker. <laughs> have you guys ever watched the Sugar the Designing Women? I've seen episodes, yes. No. <laughs> Who have I paired up with here? <laughs> Julia is the older sister. She picks on Suzanne all the time. Suzanne's the prettier one. She was Miss Georgia, but she's very vapid and vain. And Julia is very smart and a feminist and righteous. And she's always picking on Suzanne until she hears this woman making fun of Suzanne at the pageant. Hold your hats. Hold on to your hat. Are you ready? Yes. Yes. And I gather from your comments, there are a couple of other things you don't know, Marjorie. For example, you probably didn't know that Suzanne was the only contestant in Georgia pageant history to sweep every category except congeniality. And that is not something the women in my family aspire to anyway. It's really hard. Or that when she walked down the runway in her swimsuit, five contestants quit on the spot. Or that when she emerged from the isolation booth to answer the question, what would you do to prevent war? She spoke so eloquently of patriotism, battlefields, and diamond tiaras, grown men wept. That's really And you probably didn't know, Marjorie, that Suzanne was not just any Miss Georgia. She was the Miss Georgia. She didn't twirl just a baton. That baton was on fire. Look this. And when she threw that baton into the air, it flew higher, further, faster than any baton has ever flown before, hitting a transformer and showering the darkened arena with sparks. <laughs> and when it finally did come down, Marjorie, my sister caught that baton and 12,000 people jumped to their feet for 16 and one half minutes of uninterrupted thunderous ovation as flames illuminated her tear-stained face and that Marjorie just so you will know and your children will someday know is the night the lights went out in Georgia (laughs) yeah why not just use that it's real. It exists. Oh my god! What do you think amazing. about that? I got amazing. chills. Same. Right? It's amazing. It's amazing. So, pay the money, use the real thing. The woman who I'm sure whoever she was did a fine job, but she was no real <laughs> Julia Sugarbaker. That was far better. Right? Truly. Sorry, I keep. I realize that I'm looking into you over here, so I keep looking into my black screen here just to like get eye contact. <laughs> Connect. <laughs> hey, what's up? And then she's so tired, she says, some sugar baker nonsense. I'm so tired. It's Nani time in the end of the episode. 
All right. What the fuck do you rate this episode? Let's yeah. do it. One, two, three. I said 78. Nick said 85. Emma said 70. Boom. In the garbage. I feel like I have to establish a bottom level for my 30 rock ratings. Wow. And I don't tend to go It probably won't go lower than 70, though. This is is your least favorite episode all time. Of the 14 we've watched, this is definitely my least favorite so far. But you went high just because my temperature is high. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Blurg. Next time, we will be playing hardball, so buckle up. Blurg is a project of Team Takes, a.k.a. Nick Cotter, Julie Sunderland, and Emma Cotter. With the invaluable sound editing help from Phil Cotter and Frank. <laughs> the awesome toenails on the wood floor from Frank. <laughs> we love you, Frank. Frank.